Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated or underseen. I'm the host for this week, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host, Alice Oliver. It was Alice's turn to choose the film this week, and she chose Action Force the Movie from 1987. So, well, let's see what we think. Alice, we'll talk about uh, this week's film in a minute. But first, mm-hmm. I just want to tell you guys at home about our Patreon page. So if you're listening to this and you think I'd like a little bit of extra content or I'd like bonus content or I'd like some access to the, uh, a day early, I'd like ad-free episodes, I'd even like to maybe suggest a film for everybody for, for us to do. If you head on over to patreon.com forward slash justfilms and that will click the link in the episode description and you will see all the tiers there. Tiers start at £1 a month and all tiers include ad-free extended episodes with access to them a day early so you'll be supporting the podcast you'd be helping us out but you know what we just appreciate that you listen so anyway alice yes so we've got a bit of explaining (laughs) to do on this one Uh uh aha don't want anyone to get confused you don't want anyone to get confused it's a it's yeah it's a it's a real doozy of a choice this week i'm absolutely fascinated to know why you pick this one so mm-hmm. tell the listeners at home what we need to explain tell them what it's about and tell them why you bloody well picked it so as josh mentioned this week's film is action force but that was the european or maybe just the british title release over here whereas over in america hello to all our friends across Hi, the pond this is gi joe the movie and it's the animated movie and this was a direct-to-video animated film that acted as a sequel to the TV show G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. So, G.I. Joe are an elite special operations unit for the U.S. Armed Forces, and in this film, they are faced with the threat of Cobra La, which is a terrorist organization that used to be a whole civilization that dominated the planet about 40,000 years ago until humans pushed them to the edges, and now they are out for revenge. So, why did I pick this one? Well, I think this film is... (laughs) I think this film is underrated, Mm -hmm. and I... 100% 100% think that this film is underseen because I don't know about you, Josh, but this is not an easy one to get hold of. And after all my research and explorations, I am pretty sure the only place you can watch this film is on YouTube. Yeah, and it I mean, it's just I not available on any streaming services. I mean, I looked to the point where I had to send you the YouTube link and go, mm-hmm. Is this it? Is this it? <laughs> and then this you it? went, Yes, that is it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I have the images of watching it and going, and then you go, oh, no, it's, 
it's not that one. Yeah, you know well, because there's a few, there's like a few, because of the IP, because of the G.I. Joe yeah, name yeah. as well, there's a few different things. Yeah. And obviously it was a TV show first and that. And the live uh, action so, two or three, there's three of them, absolutely, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. So, so yeah, it was quite quite a difficult one to get hold of. So this was one very similar to my relationship with Ewoks, yeah. where I do believe that my dad got this video from a car boot sale, just, you know, completely randomly, Something not really knowing... Kids. Yeah, exactly. Not really knowing anything about it or, you know, the wider context of it. And me and my brother just absolutely loved it. We thought it was the coolest thing ever. But obviously, I only found out when I very, because this has been on my list for a long time. Right. And I only found out when I very initially looked up, you know, the scores and stuff around it, that it was also G.I. Joe the movie. Like I didn't realize that. Obviously I had no, I've got no prior knowledge of GI Joe. That isn't something that was in our household. I don't know if it was. No, nothing like that. And I don't know. I don't know if that was a thing in the UK. Like if GI Joe was. I think the toys were, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Cause it's a little, cause it's 1987. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit before our time. So you've obviously watched it very much after the, after the fad had ended. Well, when people were selling the videos when at car boot like, sales, right? Yeah, it's not about G.I. Joe anymore. <laughs> Let's sell it on a car boot sale, that sort of thing. Exactly. So, Okay, right. So it's underrated. It's underseen. And mm-hmm. you got a lot of affection for this one. As soon as I started watching it, I thought this is another battle for Endor. Ewoks battle Did for Endor. You? Yeah. yeah, I thought this is yeah. a, it's another one. Not in the sense of like it was exactly the same scenario with the video. I just that childhood nostalgia, that... I yeah. used to watch this. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. That I, you know, I, I was the same. The amount of times you'd go and, especially because my parents are separated, we were separated as well. You'd go and, or one of your parents had bought summer off the market, a car boot mm-hmm. sale, just been mm-hmm. given it. You know, yeah. all, all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. So yeah. So okay, well, let's get stuck into talking about it then. So we've explained the little discrepancy. We've explained the the general concept. So let's start with the likes that like we always do. Now I reckon you've got plenty to say on this one yes so what, i do have plenty to say on go this on one. so go on then watching <laughs> it again watching it again what did you like about it did it still tick that nostalgia box i mean 100 percent. to be honest there is quite a lot that i like about this film i like the aesthetic i like the characters i think some of the voice acting is really good and there are some ele- elements of the script that i thought were really impressive and I think it keeps up a pretty good pace throughout as well. So I'll start with the aesthetic and I'm going to lump the sound in with this as well. So not only is it very colourful and creative with some of the characters, but Cobra La use a lot of like biological stuff as like tools and vehicles and weapons. And I really like this element of it. It's quite creepy and otherworldly. And I read someone describe it as like Lovecraftian, which I had never really thought of before, but that is sort of what it feels like. And I like what that does to the audience's feelings about Cobra La, like as a civilization or as an organization, because they come across as very alien, but they aren't. They're just ancient. You know, these were things that were here long before we were. And I quite like the gravity of that. And I suppose the depth that it creates around these characters. And I touched on the sound there as well. And not only did I thoroughly enjoy the music, but I think that the soundscape in general is really strong. So the sounds of guns and helicopters, doors, to secret facilities, opening and closing. A lot of good lasers. Oh, lot well, we'll get la- on to the lasers. Great, we're gonna, there's a lot of great lasers. If you, like, if you like a laser, whoa, mm-hmm. it's this like is for you. proper running around the playground vibes. 
pew, pew, yeah. pew, 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 pew. But anyway, sorry, go yeah. on, go on. Pretty much exactly it. But all of that just felt really strong to me and made the film, it made the film feel really full and like a lot of attention had been paid to the smaller details. And I did really appreciate that. Uh, before I go on, Josh, had, I'm going to guess that you hadn't <laughs> seen this one. No, right? no. So I, 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 no. Hadn't, I hadn't seen it before. <laughs> didn't even, I knew what G.I. Joe was. Mm-hmm. It, but but I didn't you know in the same way I know like what Thundercats is and He-Man and all that sort of stuff but sure. no I'd never seen it before as I say it's probably a little bit before before our time in terms of watching mm-hmm. it watching it on telly and stuff like that so no I knew I knew nothing about it before I give any feedback on the film I, I should just say a few things I went in completely blind to this mm-hmm. I know nothing about the franchise I thought G.I. Joe was a bloke and not a team I thought he was yeah. a bloke too <laughs> Um, it was like a group. I, 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 I assume <laughs> that this would just be the feature length, like a feature length episode of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Never seen the cartoon. And obviously, again, just to frame anything I say, which this this sounds like I'm going to be negative, which I'm, I'm not necessarily going to be negative. But as we do with all films of this nature, we're not the target audience now. Mm-hmm. So we're talking mm-hmm. about, I'm talking about this from someone who knows nothing about the the, the, the sort of the wider franchise on, and, and I'm not the target audience. So I did just want to be clear on that, but no, I have, I'd not seen this, knew about the TV show, knew nothing about it, you know, didn't know it existed. Okay. So, uh, so your general consensus there? So, you know, I think there's plenty to like in there. So the, the, I think, okay, I think good, the first thing I want to say before I get to the specifics w- w- would be, if this had caught me at the right time, it'd be a bit of yeah. me. Yeah. Because I, I think yeah, a I lot of that. stuff like that. this, it just depends when it catches you. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You know I, mean? I felt that way about Hunchback, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, sure. yeah because yeah, it caught me at the right time. It didn't mm-hmm. catch you at the right time. You know, I think I absolutely loved Pokemon and Digimon. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was about eight or nine and that caught me at the right time. I reckon if I went back and watched it now, it wouldn't really, you know, do anything for me apart from the fact that I'm not the target audience. So, yeah, so I reckon mm-hmm. this has caught me at the right time. Or if you were interested in the franchise, if you were a fan, I reckon this probably ticks most of the boxes for you. Mm-hmm. Um, like you say, mm-hmm. just to touch on the aesthetic. Um, yeah, really, really colorful. Like, like thought it was really colorful. Every single character looks different. So obviously mm-hmm. it's, there's no like uniform. It's almost like, so I'll come back to this, but like, <laughs> I love the idea of it, what it seems to be is that everyone in the team G.I. Joe, which is a team and not a guy, which we learned today. Um, also known as Action Force. Also known as Action Force, sorry. Um, it seems to be that what they do is they target you. So if you're really good at something, so one of the characters in it, who's not in, I believe not in the TV show, he's sort of a character creator of the film, is on the hero side is uh, the the Green Beret guy. Mm-hmm. And he is Duke. Uh, uh, Lieutenant Falcon. Lieutenant Falcon. And he is yeah. Duke, who is the most probably well-known G.I. Joe character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's his half-brother, right? Yeah. And he's created for the film, and he's voiced by Don Johnson from like Knives Out, Miami Vice, and stuff like that. But he's a Green Beret. So mm-hmm. all through the film, he wears a Green Beret uniform. Mm-hmm. And there are other people who, one of them, is it Jinx? She seems to be some sort of yeah. martial artist or yep, ninja yep. or something. So she wears her mind. And it's almost like they've got, you know, like when you first show up for a new job and you go, well, what should I wear? And they just go, oh, just, you know, smart casual. Yeah. Or just wear whatever you're comfy in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like mm-hmm. everyone's showing up for their first day of G.I. Joe in, whatever they were recruited in. A little bit, yeah. I suppose a little bit like if you think of a superhero team, 
they all just show up in their costumes, right? Mm-hmm. And their costume, you know, what they're wearing in this is very much seems like a costume, even though it's mm-hmm. tactical gear, military gear, and stuff like that. So really like that. I just thought I just love the idea of like people being able to design their own costumes and turn up to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, love that element, like you say, the fantasy element, the bio, the Lovecrafty inside. I saw that as well. Um, it must have been a bit of like, a wreck on a review or something, but I love that idea of military versus fantasy. Mm-hmm. So it creates mm-hmm. a really interesting dynamic in the same way that some of the, yeah, I suppose some some like Transformers films do, or or or, or all that sort of stuff. You know, I, I, you know, or the any any big budget sci fi films. So that idea of military versus fantasy. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought, yeah. So the aesthetic was a was a big part of it for me. Animation was good as well. I was a bit. So I thought this was going to be that animation where um, everything is still except for the character's mouth. Okay. So yeah, it's a little bit, it looks a little bit like an animated comic book. Do you know the style yeah. I mean? Yeah. Because um, yeah. I think that is sort of what the TV show is, but it's a little right. bit more smooth in this. It's a little bit more mm-hmm. upscaled. So the animation style reminded me of the 90s Spider Man series, which I loved. So have you ever right. seen that? I haven't seen it, but I know, I like I've seen images of it. Yeah, so it's the way if, like. if for people at home. It's the it's probably the one if you're if you're about the same age as us that you'll have thought of that was on Fox Kids and mm-hmm. had the theme tune vibe Aerosmith and was the first one to do Venom and all that sort of stuff. But it's all on Disney Plus, so if you fancy anything like that, it's it's actually it's it's still worth a watch. And it's one of those cartoons, a little bit like Batman the animated series, that sort of treads that line really well between kids and adults. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah so it reminded me of that style as well so yeah and like you said it's fast paced it's action packed it's pretty non-stop there's some good like quippy dialogue in there and stuff like that I think you know I think I think for me you know if if you were interested in this if you're interested in the franchise it probably ticks all the boxes for you it didn't yeah. obviously it, it didn't tick those boxes for me yeah because I'm not interested in the target I'm not interested in the original series and I'm not the target mm-hmm. audience but I think what we try and do on this podcast, like we have done particularly, you know, with other styles of films like your Cinderella stories and stuff like that, is come at it from, well, does... This film is targeting a specific audience, right? It's not mm-hmm. a broad appeal. It's a, you're going to seek this out because you're a fan type job. Mm-hmm. Would those people like it? I imagine so, yeah. I imagine yeah. so, yeah. But anyway, for you, what else? What else did you like? What did it buy? So I I actually thought the script was pretty good. And what I liked most about it is the sophisticated language used by a lot of the characters. So mostly those within Cobra La. Like appearances would suggest that this is very much a kid's film, but they don't end up fully pandering to the younger audience by dumbing down the language too much. And I do remember not understanding a lot of it when I was a kid, but understanding enough to obviously still enjoy it. And I think that really helped me enjoy it again, watching it back now in my 30s. They throw words in there like unsubstantiated and one of them at one point says this is a character assassination and those are just two examples from like a whole yeah. bunch that talks about on court marshals and yeah and yeah sorts. just like just loads of stuff that you, you wouldn't you don't understand as a kid mm. it's like i don't know i was you know what am i six or seven watching this i don't know what a character assassination is uh, did you know like, uh, well, no at my claims. school we were <laughs> We were just colouring in. We were just colouring in the words "character assassination" and oh, un- yeah. unsubstantiated. Yeah. <laughs> and look at you now. There's look at me now. I can say it was unsubstantiated now. and character assassination. <laughs> but yeah, go on. Sorry, what else? 
So I really like, uh, I do really like some of the characters and their aesthetic as well. So my favorite as a kid was obviously Pythona. I thought she was just the absolute coolest, but Nemesis Enforcer as well. I just love the look of them. And then with Nemesis Enforcer and then Globulus, 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 Globulus as well in particular, there is something just really quite menacing mm. about them. Like they almost feel like these unstoppable forces of nature. But of course they are stopped eventually by Action Force or G.I. Joe. <laughs> and just finally, apart from the atrocious, borderline hilarious British accents of some of the characters, yeah. I do think the voice acting is really strong in this. So it feels like everyone really understands the assignment. It feels really well cast. And some of it is obviously, it's very loud and shouty and dramatic. And the actors don't shy away from this at all. And they all just sound like they're giving it their all. And that really came through uh, on the, through the screen for me. And I did just like, a, just a little bit of research, but a lot of them are proper seasoned voice actors and i think that really shows yeah rather than actors doing voice acting they're well, actual exactly, voice yeah. actors yeah yeah okay then so we'll move on to talking about things that we didn't like about the film or that we might change about the film alice can you break your own heart is there anything you can say is there anything there, there is. There are a couple of things. So the biggest offender for me, and you mentioned it already, but it is all the laser fighting, right? And it's just what? how this looks visually, mm. right? A lot of the big fights that are happening in this are with lasers. And Jesus Christ, it became really difficult to watch at times. Like, I don't have any photosensitivity at all, but I found it uncomfortable. And sometimes it just felt so relentless and like I just wanted it to stop. Mm. And I really could have done with that being toned down a bit. It was, it was too much. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You can't have too many lasers though, can you? Do you not think? I was going to say, what are your thoughts on that? Um, You love the lasers? Yeah, I suppose what, no, I suppose one of the things of it being so action-packed is it's, it's sort of inevitably a bit repetitive. Uh-huh. There's yeah, a lot of just one that. team of people running and another team of people and lasers flying yeah. everywhere. So yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah, as much as I love lasers, mm. you can't have too many, I suppose. Pew pew pew. pew <laughs> Anything pew, else? Pew. Anything else? Uh, so there's a couple of bits that sort of relate a bit more to the story and how mm. certain things were presented to us, or just little things that happened. So the first being, I don't think it's explained enough exactly what the broadcast energy transmitter is and no, does. No, so I, I still don't know what it is. Good. Okay, good. I'm not alone on this. So this is something that Action Force or G.I. Joe have. They say it's something that is going to solve the world's energy crisis, and it becomes a big plot point that Cobra La then want to steal it because it will help set off a massive attack that they're going to do on planet Earth. Um, But I don't get exactly why it's beneficial to G.I. Joe and the human race, because they say it's like the solution to the world's energy crisis, but how? In mm. what way? What is the solution? And maybe that's, I, I was thinking, maybe this is something that is explored in the TV show, but I don't know. So I could have done with a bit more mm. exposition around that. Give me some movie, know. fake movie science. Yeah, it's exactly. It's the flange that does the spurbigator or whatever, you know, whatever. Get, yeah. D- d- sorted. Just, yeah, you, yeah, you've yeah. solved it in a sentence. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because we, I fully understand Cobra's motivation to get it. Yeah. And the reason they want it is very clear. It's because they're setting off these poisonous spores into space. The BET will set off, cause enough heat in space mm. to make the spores fall back down to Earth. And then everybody sort of turns into a mutant or an animal mm. sort of thing. But why it's not explained enough why it's beneficial to G.I. Joe specifically mm. and the globe, mm. right? Um, the other thing is that during the climax of the film, Sergeant Slaughter is really beaten on Nemesis Enforcer, right? And he does hit him pretty hard, but he doesn't kill him. And then he throws him down a crevasse, and then that's the end of him. But he can fly. He's, He's got massive wings. Where's he gone? And we've seen him flying in, in the rest of the film. So I didn't find that convincing. I needed more closure on his death. Mm. You didn't I don't find believe that- a WWE wrestler who existed in real life, but they put into the cartoon beating up a man with bird wings realistic. That, that's my biggest issue. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Just ruined it for me. Just threw me out of the film. No, I know. Inconsistencies. That character's got to go, so they go, and that's that. Yeah it, yeah, it reminded me of, you know, in at the is it the end of Superman 2, where Superman just sort of hits Zod and he slides off screen and then that's it. And then we yeah. don't see him again. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's the end of Zod. And I'm like, no, I need for for how pivotal the character is and how central they are to the whole film. Like Nemesis Enforcer is in it quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I would have I would have wanted a proper a proper death or some proper closure. I know obviously you can't, you know, you've got to be careful with what you're showing in these films or whatever directed at kids. But they just throw him down a hole and he's got wings and he's mm. an expert flyer. So I just could have done with something mm. a bit more convincing than that. And another thing that I didn't quite understand is so there's a sequence where Beachhead, so Beachhead 
is the guy who trains the new recruits who want to join G.I. Joe, right? So he's training some new recruits who want to become Joes and join the fight against Cobra. And they're keen for these recruits to get ahead as fast as possible because they're desperate for new soldiers, essentially. But when two of them complete the first obstacle course, Beachhead is absolutely fuming. Like, he seems to throw a bit of a strop just because they've completed the course and that he's taking that as, like, a slight against him or something because that, they've outsmarted him. Like he didn't make him. the course hard enough. Well, exactly. And I suppose they may be trying to depict him as, like, a real hard ass and, you know, he's mm. really difficult to please or something. But it just didn't make any sense. Like, even, I think in the scene before, it might be Duke who's saying to him, yeah, we we need these soldiers out of training mm. as fast as possible. Like, we've just lost a group in the Himalayas. We need to replace them. Can you get these soldiers through training? They pass the first assault course, and he's like, ah, like he's furious. I was just like, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Do you know what I mean? Congratulations, you passed your driving test. Oh. Yeah, fuming. Idiots. Oh, fuck's sake, I'm going <laughs> to slash your tyres. Like, it was that sort of energy. Um but that, that was it. So, you know, no massive offenders, maybe a few holes or inconsistencies. The lasers were the big thing for mm. me. Could have done with less lasers. Mm. Um, but that was sort of it. Uh, I mostly had a really, a really whale of a time. time. I did. Mm. I enjoyed it. And I told my brother the next day, I was like, mate, I watched this last night and it still bangs. And he started watching clips on it from YouTube as well. <laughs> and hopefully he'll show his kids. Uh, what about you, Josh? What I've did got, you like? So I've got, a, I've got a big one, a small one, a question. Okay. Ooh, fabulous. So the question is, do, at the end, do they wipe out all of Cobra La? Hmm. What do they do that at the end? Or do question. they just capture them? Because it's unclear. It is unclear. Because if they wipe them out, they commit genocide. Yes. <laughs> and was, yes. That and it is just accurate. made me go, couldn't they have come up with some sort of thing of like, and then we all share? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, because if, but yeah, that might be just me being a bit wishy washy. Then the, the small thing was Cobra Commander's voice is irritating. Yeah. I, I get the impression. It's quite, it's quite much, isn't it? it is yeah. Much. And I get the impression in the TV show he doesn't say that much. Right. But in this, he says a lot. To the he point does. where He's you're quite like, a main character, yeah, isn't he, really? I just got sick of sick of the sound of his voice. Yeah, it was just quite grating. quite grating. Yeah. Then the big yeah. one, and there's no getting around it, and I've already touched on on it. I don't know anything about the world, mm -hmm. and obviously, all most of the characters are in the series and carried over mm -hmm. to this. So I found it a bit hard to follow. Yeah, which I, I know, totally which, which yeah. I know is inevitable. It's like when you watch a. You know, when you watch, if you watch like a Pokemon movie and you don't know who anyone is. So it's, mm -hmm. this is what I mean. It is specifically made for fans of that series because you're not going to watch that if you don't know anything about the series, are you? Mm -hmm. um, well, I don't imagine you are anyway. So yeah, bits of it were just hard to follow because there's a lot of characters. There is a lot you know, of characters, isn't there? So, so, so apart from, a, you know, apart from, there were ones I couldn't tell you their names. I could mm -hmm. be like, the main bad guy, you know, the big guy. Yeah. I knew Nemesis is Enforcer because it's so memorable. The snake mm -hmm. lady, it was just in my head, she was the snake lady. Pythona. That's yeah, Pythona. so, so yeah. because it already, it was a pre-existing, uh, you know, product, I just, I found it hard mm. to follow, which I can, you know, in the context of me not knowing anything about the series, it's not a massive criticism, it's just going into it, not knowing anything. It's hard to follow, it's, you know, it's, it's unavoidable. So, you know, nothing massive, but there's, you know, a couple of bits there. Okay, so we'll move on to talking about the critical reception very shortly. 
But first, Alice, I believe you're going to take us on a, a journey. Oh, I am indeed, Josh and listeners. Prepare yourselves for a journey down the rabbit hole for this segment that I'm going to call Alice Down the <laughs> Rabbit Hole. So, <gasps> for this edition of Alice Down the Rabbit Hole, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the life and times of the man who played Snowjob in the film. And why have I picked him? I hear you ask. It's because his name is Robert Paulson. Paulson was born in Detroit in 1956. And if I told you he's been in every single cartoon ever since for the past 40 years, well, I would only be slightly exaggerating. From Action Force to Jimmy Neutron, SpongeBob to Ninja Turtles, this man has been in high demand. As a child, he loved singing and performing and eventually moved to LA in the 70s after dropping out of the University of Michigan to pursue a career in show business. And it sounds like it's been a complete whirlwind ever since, adding live action movies and TV shows and video games to his repertoire, but always being in high demand for his voiceover work. In what must have felt like an incredibly cruel twist of fate, Robert was diagnosed with stage three throat cancer in 2016, but luckily his treatment was successful. Most recently, well, his undeniable talents didn't go unnoticed as he was hired as the voice director of the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And as for the future, well, viewers will soon get to enjoy him in Avenging Justice, an animated sketch show starring Sean Astin and the absolute legend that is Billy West. And that was Alice Down the Rabbit Hole. <gasps> what was his name? His name is Robert Paulson. <laughs> okay then, so let's move on to talking about the critical reception and we can see if we reckon this is underrated and underseen because Alice has picked it for both reasons. I haven't seen the critical reception. Mm-hmm. Um, hard one this to, to call because I imagine... If you're seeking this out to watch it as an audience member, you must like the text, right? So therefore, either it doesn't do justice to the text and you don't like it, or you do like it because it does justice to the text. So how do I think it's good? I reckon the critics probably weren't very kind to it. Mm -hmm. I reckon the audience probably were. So perhaps you're looking at sort of critics being in the fours and the audience being in the sevens. So I'm going to say it averages out maybe like a straight down the middle five out of ten. Okay, um, interesting. Do you think that it's it, deserving of that? No, I think that would be underrated. For me, okay. you know, trying to put my mind in the context of if I was a fan, I'd say this is probably, you know, it's probably, a, you know, it's a solid six. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that probably, I think we're probably going to be looking at this being underrated. So go on, lay it on me. Okie dokie. Well, at the time of recording over on IMDb, it gets seven out of ten, Ooh. which is probably where I'm I'm about, right? right? Yeah, I'm yeah. about there. The so style I was, just doing the heavy lifting. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised with that. Then over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it 66%. Yeah. And then the critics, the main reason why I picked it, give it 43%, which I do think is incredibly harsh. And it only has seven reviews from the critics and a couple of them were just ratings with no actual comments at right. all and there wasn't even enough information to write the critics consensus part of the page which mm. i do believe adds to my argument of it being underseen a lot of the films that we do if you go on rotten tomatoes you'll see you're looking at thousands yeah, of critics yeah. of critic scores usually certainly about 10,000 certainly yeah, hundreds absolutely you usually see maybe 10,000 critics but then it's like hundreds of thousands of, of audience scores mm. and this was seven critic scores just seven um, one for every so day what do you of the think week about that? i for me you know it's not it, i don't think that is like an absolute shocker Mm-hmm. But I think it is underrated. And I think based on the fact that it's 
a director DVD, a director video even. Uh, video. Yeah, come on. <laughs> director Betamax um, release. Yes. I think that, um, you know, I'm not, and I hadn't seen it. I think it mm-hmm. probably is. It probably isn't a scene because I think the only reason you're seeking this out is if you're a fan or a collector. So for me, I'm going to say underrated and underseen. What say you? Excellent. I mean, yeah, I I absolutely think that. I think even more after having watched it again, you know, we only watched it by accident. I'd love, I would absolutely love to know if anyone in the UK has actually seen this. I mean, definitely let us know if any of you have seen this. I would love to know even our yeah, friends we'll over in the States. Yeah, we'll put it out. Have you actually seen this? Absolutely fascinated to know if anyone in, in the UK has seen this. Yeah. It's Action Force here, but G.I. Joe the movie over the pond. Over the old States. Well, there we go. I am incredibly satisfied with those results. Action Force slash G.I. Joe, the movie, is underrated and underseen, according to us. But I would absolutely love to know what you think yeah. about that, listeners, and if you've even have seen you, it or yeah, heard of it. Have you even seen this? And who's your favourite character yeah. and why is it Pythona? Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on. My favourite time of the week, oh, yes. as always, is when Josh gets to pick a film because it usually, it usually ends up bringing something into my life mm. that I just never knew I needed. Oh. So Josh, do tell us, what are you going to be, what are you picking for next week? What are we going to so, be talking about? it's a big one for me next week. It is a, mm-hmm. it's a big one. Um, it, on, it, it is its 10-year anniversary. Okay. And it is directly okay. related to a film we did this time last year, almost exactly a year ago. Can okay. you guess what it is? Or shall oh I just God. say? Almost exactly a year ago. Um, and 10 years uh, ago I'm, it was released. I'm bad. Honestly, I'm bad at this. My sort of film general knowledge okay. is Okay, all right. <laughs> I can give you one more clue or I can just tell you. I'll get, yeah, give me a clue just to see if you I can. You mentioned it in the episode. What, in this episode? Yeah, you mentioned a factor of it in this episode. Oh, the, the, the hun, hun, hunchback? No. When I said that, no. I'm not picking that what again, am I? I'm just... <laughs> No, no, but it could have been something related to it. Oh, I don't know, Josh. Okay, okay, okay. Next week on its ten year on the year on on the ten year anniversary of its release, not the the date, just the year, and on a year on from talking about another film with the same character, we are going to be watching and talking about Man of Steel. Oh, yeah, it's a biggie. It's a biggie. It's been on my list for a while. My God, excited! I have got. Shit to say. <laughs> it oh could be a God. longer one next week, guys. That so is strap a in. Choice. If you haven't seen Man of Steel, give it a watch, then Josh. tune in next week. But you've seen oh. it, you know. Henry Cavill, he's buff, he's Superman, you know what I mean? It's you know, it's flying, <laughs> it's fighting, it's all that stuff. Um, join us next week when we're gonna be talking about Man of Steel in the oh, meantime. because I mentioned Superman too. I've just yeah, realized because I mentioned Superman too about <laughs> the, the Zonda. Just got it, just got it. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's films on that part at gmail.com. We're on all the social media. Medias. If you just search just films and that, you'll find us. Give us a follow. If you want to suggest a film, do do get in touch. Head over to the Patreon, as I mentioned before, the links in the episode description. We're also on the old telly box, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Superman on Friday, the Superman. You can find us at the. Su- no, sorry, I've got, <laughs> I've got it on the brain now. Sorry. Yes, every Friday from six pm, we are on the local TV network. That means that if you go to Freeview Channel Seven and you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool, or the northeast of England, you can find us there. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel Eight on Freeview. And I'm also uploading all the episodes to Daily Motion. So if you go on over there and search just films and that, our beautiful faces will pop up. We'll be 
we talk a lot about Superman, but then also other stuff as well. <laughs> yes, lots of ways to hear us, see us, get in touch with us and all that stuff. All that remains to be said is thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week for a bit of Man of Steel. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.